to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by the College Parent Survival Network, presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Julia Rogers. Julia Rogers is an experiential education expert who has spent the last 12 plus years as a professional gap year counselor. As the founder of Inroot Consulting, Julia empowers students to maximize the power of their gap time by working with them to design plans tailored to their personality, goals, and budget. Julia is a recent TEDx speaker, president emeritus of the Gap Year Association, and co-hosts a podcast called Gap Year Radio. A perennial traveler, Julia frequently conducts site visits to Gap Year programs near and far. Her favorite destinations are Morocco, New Zealand, Laos, and Cuba. When not planning her next adventure, she enjoys playing in the mountains of Stowe, Vermont with her husband and two daughters. I don't want to wait any longer. Here's Julia. All right, Julia, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love doing these. <laughs> love talking. <laughs> right? Me too. So let's go ahead and just get started. Why don't you tell the listeners, where did you grow up and what were the expectations that you were hearing around post-secondary education from your family as well as the larger community in which you were raised? Sure. So we're going a little bit back in time, but I grew up in coastal New Jersey. I now reside in Vermont, where my I feel like more my heart place is. But I, I so I grew up in a community that I didn't feel totally a part of just the, you know, as far as the, the lifestyle that I wanted to eventually leave, which was more in nature and in the mountains. So there's already a bit of a disconnect in, in that. But then, you know, as far as the expectations around education, it was I, I went to a very large public high school, lots of diversity as far as people's post-secondary plans. But within my group of friends and my, you know, the people I was hanging out with in the tracks of education I was in, there was definitely an expectation towards college. I would not say that it was a pressure cooker. There wasn't a lot of, you know, people jostling for valedictorian and stuff like that. But there was definitely a, where are you going to college question? And that was, you know, that was the thing you asked around graduation time. So there was not a lot of room for people to have other plans. Um, And I always felt a yearning to explore other post-secondary options. I always thought that I was meant to be college bound, but I, I definitely had questions about whether or not I was truly ready for that education yet, ready to ready to truly engage with it in the way that it's meant to be engaged with. I actually was admitted to Hamilton College as a Jan admit. And so I kind of got the universe gave me a gift of of a gap semester before I started college. So I actually spent my first semester of college in London, basically a study abroad program, but still had a bit of a gap experience. So cool. Okay, so let's just dive right in. Like, how was that? It was amazing, you know, especially because I, you know, I was like a suburban girl with big city dreams. So, you know, going to London was an amazing experience. And also many of the classes were experiential. You know, I took a a class in Shakespeare where we went and watched, you know, performances at the Globe Theatre. And one of my courses was each week was a different walking tour of London where you explored a different area of the city and the history and got to just, you know, live and breathe it. And that's the style I like to learn in. So it was a really amazing way to jumpstart a different form of education. Oh, that I'm like, as you're talking to him, like, I, that, I feel like that would just spark so much curiosity, especially mm. for somebody who was already growing up in a place where you necess- you didn't necessarily feel like this is where I'm supposed to be, right? Like, right. like you said, initially, like Vermont is like, that's your home place. 
So to be able to have that experience where you're really immersed, right, which again, Mm. kind of lights that curiosity, knowing you have that experience, I'm just curious how then living in London and that actually translated to your experience at Hamilton or kind of informed your experience at Hamilton. Sure. Yeah, it was really interesting, actually, because I, you know, I did have this really immersive experience in London, I felt like I was really making the most of it, too. I was, I would say that, you know, there, everybody who was in my flat living with me, some people were not some people were, you know, sleeping in on weekends and not really seeing the city and, and just I I felt like not really drinking it in. And I, I'm proud that I was able to like get out and I went to every market on every week and every different market there was and explored parks and stuff like that. And some of that time I was doing it on my own because people were just not up for it or, or, you know, just not interested in the same thing. So I was really proud of having that individualized experience as well as the communal experience of being able to study with, with peers. But then when I got to Hamilton, I kind of, I feel like I backslid a little bit because I still didn't really know what I wanted out of my education. You know, London was a really inspiring experience, but it didn't give me a lot of information on what I wanted to learn about once I was actually like what I wanted to do for career. And so I still had a really important, you know, collegiate experience at Hamilton. I feel like it was a really good education. But at the same time, I feel like if I had done, if I had taken a full year out and done different things, especially if I had done some service and some travel into other cultures that would have gotten me closer to where I ended up. And so I did take a gap year as well after college. And that was what I kind of consider my true gap year because it did, (laughs) it offered all of those ingredients that I needed. And I kind of wish I had done that kind of thing before college. Okay. So, well, let's just ask quickly. So what did you actually get your degree in at Hamilton? And then just fill us in on what that true (laughs) gap year was like. I know I left you with a little cliffhanger there. (laughs) So I, I got my degree in English literature. That was because senior year of high school, my mom said, Hey, you're a good writer. And you read, so you should you should be an English major. No shade on my mom, but I think that that advice was a little bit fear based because I think she saw in me that wild eyed, like I want to see the world, I need to experience things, and kind of wanted me to feel a little bit assured as to what my path was going to be. And so I kind of just never questioned that advice, and I was just like, yeah, I am good at I am good at English. I'll just keep doing that. And it's it really, you know, now that I know about all the other types of things that you can major in and study, I really don't think it was the right fit. But I still, again, had a I still got a lot out of it, especially as a business owner now, because I use all those writing skills and communication skills constantly. But when I was kind of coming to the end of my college journey, I thought I, I need to experience some new things. And I also was starting to feel a little bit like I needed to give back after after getting so much out of my college experience and going to, you know, a highly selective you know, lush college, you know, I wanted to feel a little bit like I was, you know, engaging in some service. So I decided to go abroad. And I I really wanted to find an, an organization that I felt was going to be doing ethical, ethical service in a developing country. And that's a, you know, tricky line, we could go, we could spend a whole episode talking about <laughs> about that. Yeah, but I did find I did find an organization to work with It was a non governmental British organization that did public health outreach in hmm developing countries in Africa and Asia. And so I went to Tanzania. I was deployed for 10 months with a cohort of other other young people. And we were trained. We had to do three months of Swahili training and program training to learn about, you know, cultural respect and, and the language differences and all those kinds of things. And then we were actually matched with 15 
Tanzanian volunteers who were also kind of between the ages of 18 and 25. And in pairs of international and national volunteer, we were placed into villages to do the health curriculum in the schools. Wow. So that was training for three months and then actually in the villages for, you know, six or seven months. And so that was my post-college gap year. Wow. And then like, like, I, again, I'm, I'm just like, where do you go from there? Right. Well, where you went, where you go from there is Jackson Hole, Wyoming. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what did you do? I was ping ponging. I was, I was okay. I was like, I've done, I've done a lot of good work now. I want to go figure out what's next through snowboarding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, I mean, but when you're young, why not explore? Right, right. And I think it is really, I mean, it's important in this conversation to acknowledge an amount of privilege that I had in that I did not, I did have college debt, but I didn't have a lot of it. And I was able to defer my loans and I was able to fundraise for my Tanzania experience. And I was able to use what little money I had left after Tanzania to kind of get myself out West Mm. and then pay my way through that experience. And, you know, not everybody's in that position where they can, you know, flit around and like not really know what they want to do. So I think that that's an, an important part of my story is that I did have, I didn't have a lot of lot of financial support at that point like my parents were ready to launch me but they mm-hmm. did they did give me support in that wandering you know they were yeah. like okay like we'll help you with a plane ticket here or there and they weren't you know like you must go into the workforce right away so yeah. they gave gonna, me that leeway i was gonna say that's I, I think that there's a lot of that for young people where mm-hmm. parents it's not necessarily that the parents are actually really hard set on you have to go to the workforce it's fear-based Right. Right. If you're not starting a career, what are you doing? Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that's just kind of this cultural norm of you graduate high school, you go to college, then you start your career and you launch into this like very, very outdated kind of norm. But a lot of that, again, is it's it's nice to be able to have a parent, like you said, that they were supportive of you and and that wanderlust. I have it, too. So I'm like, (laughs) it's. I'm empathizing, but also it's nostalgic to me because I definitely bounced around a lot. And that's just really, it's exciting to hear somebody else have such a cool story. But I'm curious then from Jackson Hole, then what? Okay. Well, then I fell in love in Jackson Hole. (laughs) (laughs) The plot thickens. But no, I did. I met my future husband out there while we were both ski bumming and he he was at the end of his ski bum journey. So he had been in Jackson for a couple of years. He's a biologist. So he was actually in Jackson kind of as he was applying to grad school. And so then I kind of had this choice of, do I, you know, figure out what's next for me alone? Or do I, you know, follow this boy who I, you know, think I have a future with. And so I actually moved to Montana with Tom and we kind of set down roots in Missoula while he did his graduate degree. And that left me with a, with a bit of time to think about what I wanted to do next. You know, Missoula is a wonderful town. And I had a lot of time to, you know, I was working, I was working kind of odd jobs at that point to kind of figure out, you know, what I wanted. And what I kept kept coming back to was my gap year was so formative for me, my gap year, Tanzania gap year, that what would have been different if I had done it before college? And I kept Mm -hmm. on coming back to that question and thinking about, well, I would have had a different major. I may have even gone to a different school you know, maybe we should be encouraging more people to have those kinds of experiences before college. And, you know, those, those, you know, conversations that I had with friends who would listen and all those kinds of things led me down this road of thinking like, we need to make this a cultural norm to take a gap year before college. And that's how the seed of what became my business on Root Consulting was planted. 
And that's, it's such a different hat too. Cause now you're also mm. talking about two different things. Here's your, here's your passion mm-hmm. is the, the actual topic, which is exploring that gap experience, not necessarily following the herd of immediately going to school because of your, your experience specifically in Tanzania. Right. How important and how much of a different like expertise that you need to have to run a business. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just like, side. I'm going to say like sidebar. Can you like, how did you learn how to actually marry the, what it was that you wanted to educate and bring awareness to, and obviously do what you love, but mm. learn those skills, which you clearly did not get a business degree in and, right. at Hamilton. So I'm, I'm wondering if other, if you could share that with our listeners, because there are so many parents that I know listen and think, well, if you, how are you going to operate a business if you don't have a business degree? Oh my gosh. Well, fun fact, X percentage of Fortune 500 CEOs are actually English majors. I forget what the actual percentage (laughs) is. You can actually, you can put that in the show notes, but it's true. There is a huge percentage of people in business who actually majored in English because of the skills, you, the relevant skills that you developed in that degree. But I had to learn first I had to think about what do what do I bring to the table? You know, why like what what how do I take this passion and make it into something that is marketable? Because really the the core of of en route and what I wanted to do at that time and still want to do is help make a gap year, you know, accessible to people. And mm-hmm. one of the barriers that I felt was really high for me was the support and the mentorship and helping people find the opportunities. You know, it's still it's still really hard for people to navigate that experience. And this is, you know, 10, 12 years later where there's so much more you can find on the internet. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? Well, when I was researching the program that I did in Tanzania, I developed my own rubric for vetting gap year programs because I really felt passionately about finding a good experience. So I did a lot of research and I said no to a lot of different opportunities because I, you know, I felt they didn't meet my criteria. So I said, well, I can build on that and I can build a criteria that I think is going to be valuable and then, you know, put every gap your program through the ringer and start creating a database. And so that was how it all started. I started creating a database of programs that I felt really good about recommending to other people. And then simultaneously um, through, I worked at a gear shop in Missoula and one of the, the, the guy who buys the boats for that shop had a son taking a gap year. And that family offered to let me have their kid as my first Guinea pig. I call him (laughs) client zero (laughs) and his name was Tor. And you know, he and his family were really gracious in allowing me to, you know, practice <laughs> counseling with with them. And I developed that was, you know, the, a really good learning experience, of course, because that was the skill set that I felt like needed to build the most on was yeah. how to work with families, how to work with students. That part came pretty naturally to me, but I finessed it over the years. What's cool about, you know, a service, a service business is that the the, you know, outlay is very small. So really, you know, I felt like the biggest ingredients I needed were was the, you know, the hubris to think I could just start a business in an industry that I didn't really have any background in. But then also, you know, just the gumption to put in the work to do the research to do the market research. I was really, really lucky that that some gap year counselors who have been in the business for, you know, a lot longer than me gave me informational interviews and told me a little bit about how they do things and, and, and with the transparency of knowing that I was interested in getting into it. 
and that's you know how it all started and so i just kind of started putting these pieces together and started charging a very nominal fee and then have you know kind of started you know charging more and more as i commiserate with experience and wisdom yes <laughs> Like you are worth every penny now. Not that you right, were before, exactly. but like you are definitely, you've been in it. You're listening to the Success is Subjective podcast, and I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. As a reminder, if you've missed any past episodes, you can catch them on Apple Podcasts. My guest today is Julia Rogers. So I, I asked this question to all of my guests because I think it speaks to the podcast. Do you see yourself as successful? Yes, unequivocally, actually, because I see success as multi multifaceted. To me, success is what I did yesterday, which was block out my afternoon so that I could go camping with my family. And that freedom for me is is the pinnacle. I mean, it's it's actually I shouldn't say that the freedom with now being at the point where I am making a living. So if you can make a living, if you if you've you know arrived to the point where you can do what you love and get and make enough to like pay the bills and have the freedom that you can have as an entrepreneur. I just can't imagine any other lifestyle being better suited to me. So I, that is, I, I feel like I'm at that, that real golden point where it's, it's enough of everything. That's amazing. Okay. So <laughs> then if you could give one piece of advice to a young person who Actually, let's back up because I think mm. that this is actually really important. I usually wait until the end of the interview to do just like your quick quick shout outs of like how do people connect with you. But right. I'm curious, why don't tell tell our listeners now, how can they actually connect with you? Because most importantly, as, as a business, female owned mm. business, it's important for us to make sure that we're really promoting ourselves. So how can young adults or soon to be, you know, like high school seniors connect with you directly? Sure. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of ways to kind of dip your toes in and then take like, you know, increasingly, you know, deeper steps into the water with me. So I think that the easiest point to kind of get involved would be to follow me on social media. And that's a great place to get to know who I am. And also that's where I'll list events. And so that would be like second levels, like join a webinar, watch a video, you know, watch my TEDx talk. And then, you know, as you're starting to get into junior and senior year, I do offer free, you know, hour long consults with students and their parents if they want to kind of just brainstorm about a, how a gap year could look for them. I think that that's a point of confusion for families often is, well, you know, I think a gap year is Knowles or a gap year is, you know, staying at home and working a job. And, you know, really what a gap year is, is whatever a student makes of it. And so, you know, I like talking to students one on one and saying, okay, what are you into? And like, how could we how could that be transformed into a really amazing set of experiences on a gap year? So that's kind of that introductory call is completely complimentary. And that's how people get to know me and get to know my process. And then if people want to work with me to help plan out their gap year, we usually start sometime senior year and then work through till the end of their gap time, whenever that is. And I also do work with students who are taking time out during college or after college as well. Hmm. And I feel like that you and I are going to have to have a conversation offline about the students <laughs> that are taking time during college because mm. that's that's a good reference point. So social media, what, yeah. which social media platforms are you on? 
Well, I would say that my favorite is Instagram. So I'm at enroutegapier on Instagram, but I'm on all the socials. You know, you can you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on, I have a YouTube channel. I'm on Twitter very, very sporadically, but I am there. Um, <laughs> what are what are the ones I'm missing? I feel uh, oh, like- TikTok. I yeah. am, I am, I, I am on TikTok, but you will not find me dancing on TikTok. I mostly- <laughs> I upload reels and things like that that I've made for Instagram on TikTok, which is like the opposite of what you're supposed to do. But I do love TikTok because I think it is such a creative platform. So sometimes I just, you know, scroll through it and see what the newest dance craze is and how to make a pizza in in a microwave and such. (laughs) Well, we'll make sure all of those are listed in the show notes so people can just click and immediately check you out. And most importantly, like you said, attend those webinars or like really just get to know you and then kind of follow that that kind of process from there. So curious if you could give one piece of advice, which probably translates actually to the conversations that you're often having with a lot of young people that are you're having these complimentary consultations with, like, how Mm -hmm. do you create a path for yourself? So what piece of advice would you give to a young person 18 year old, 21 year old, whatever you want to, however you want to interpret it, who may or may not be questioning their path. Mm. I would say, give yourself permission to explore. Because one of the reasons why I think we don't have a 90%, you know, rate of students taking a gap year between high school and college or high school and just higher ed in general, or whatever their post-secondary plans are, is because there's a fear of, of not doing what's expected. And the reality is that whenever whenever someone talks to me about a roadblock to taking gap time, whether it be finances or there's not something out there I'm interested in, like I got an answer for all of those things. Like you can finance a gap year on your own or take a low or no cost or even fully paid gap year. You can find things that are, are safe. You can find things that are gonna be applicable to you and your, your future career. So. So I think that really the only thing that's truly holding students back is themselves because they're not giving themselves that permission to not just do the next thing. And so I I think that we really got to break that down and analyze it and ask ourselves, like, why is our culture telling students they need to do this thing instead of saying, like, what kind of life do you want to lead? What what gets you up in the morning and how do you build the skills and the experience you need to live the life you want? Yeah, that's profound. I think I, I've sh- I've personally shifted, and I I'm like hoping that other people will adopt this theory, or like you're saying, it's the cultural shift of just having a plan, right? Mm. It's, that plan can include college. That plan could include gap experience. It could it could include, you know, this is my plan for the next three months, and then beyond that, my plan's going to change. And I think right. just really normalizing that. We don't know what the heck we're going to do for the rest of our lives at the age of 18. It's just absurd. Or to think that going to college is where it's for sure going to all of a sudden just like present itself may not be the case. Especially yeah. for and a it's, lot a, of it's a pretty expensive uh, oh, way sh- to find yourself. Right? I mean, like that's, <laughs> that's one of the things I talk about all the time when I do presentations is, you know, 30 years ago, there was a different there was different expectation. You could you could pay your way through college with a part-time job, you know, mm-hmm. a generation ago. And that is not the case anymore. And students are feeling that pressure to go into a lot of debt when they don't even really know why they're there. And so yeah. I think that's a big problem. Yeah, it's terrifying. You raise a yeah. really good point. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this question because we talked about it in the beginning. 
I right. ask some guests, but not everybody. I, I feel like it's important to ask you if you could give some advice to parents then of a young mm-hmm. adult who's kind of exploring taking a different path. What advice are you normally giving them? Such a good question. Okay, I'm going to try and make it different than the advice that I give the students. No, I think that like the earlier that you can talk about the various pathways and normalizing all the different pathways for after high school and the family expectations, like what, you know, let's, let's, again, like unpack, like, what are those family expectations? and, And can you communicate those? earlier. So I guess what I mean by that is most parents want their kids to be happy, right? And by happy, they really mean like thriving in adulthood, living on their own and being able to survive, like, yeah. uh, you know, and do all the adulting, yeah. <laughs> independent, doing all the adulting things, they know how to do their laundry and like change the oil in their car and all those kinds of things. <laughs> so like every student is so different. So how a student gets to that point is going to be different for everybody. So if a student, ha- if you have a freshman in high school right now, talking to them about a gap year alongside vocational school and community college and four-year college and all of those things is a great way for that student to get the message that I can choose what makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that the earlier that parents can do that, the better. I also think that you really cannot force any decision down a down a emerging adult's throat, obviously. Like yeah. I, I have a lot of parents that bring me a student and they say like, Jimmy needs to take a gap year. And I say like, I mean, it is a, it is a bring a horse to water type of thing. You know, a student really has to fully engage and want a gap year experience to do it well. And so I think that that's a big part of the equation too, is making sure that you give the student the tools they need to really empower them to make that decision and take it upon themselves to make the year what they need it to be. Yeah. So important. Well, Julia, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world. You can follow me, Joanna, on Instagram at Lily Consulting and on Facebook at Lily Consulting LLC. Most importantly, though, check out the resources link on my website at lilyconsulting.com. And that's L-I-L-L-E-Y consulting.com. Or you can just search on Google for Lily Consulting. You can also download and subscribe to listen to the Success is Subjective interviews on any popular podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. Once again, thank you to parenttrainers.com for sponsoring this podcast series. And thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.